Hi, welcome to another PSD cast from Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Alex Palt, and today I've got Julio Karate. He's with Silinks, and we're going to talk about uh, transportation and, well, energy in it, but transportation is a really big space, isn't that right? Julio, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, so, yeah, thank you for inviting me uh, to the show. Thank you very much. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Well, you know, and of course, everything needs power, and everything that needs power needs to have that power properly managed, and nothing could be said more than in transportation space, because no matter where you point, it's all about energy efficiency today, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, uh, definitely the technology today is looking for higher energy efficiency, uh, higher capability from motors, uh, electrical motors, uh, as well as uh, the inverters that are driving those motors. Definitely it is, yes. Mm. Now, what I'm interested, one of the things I always like talking about is how some aspects of the industry seem to forget and relearn things. Um, I mean, railroad industry has been using hybrid energy systems literally for long as I can remember, and just automobile just now is playing with hybrid energy systems, and the grid is starting to play with hybrid energy systems, but when you come to transportation, there are a lot of ways you can use energy. It could be a straightforward uh, pure electric system, a straightforward pure fuel system, or a mix of the two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's right. I mean, one of the the, the most important, let's say, elements uh, in in any uh, things that moves uh, or, let's say, transportation systems is uh, maximizing the efficiency in terms of uh, uh, mileage. And in this this case, weight is one of the very important uh, elements to consider. So, uh, you know that if you can definitely run a motor at a high speed, uh, you can make motors, especially permanent magnet motors, uh, uh, in a way that are very compact because uh, uh, you can squeeze their size uh, and trading size for, for speed. So the type of technology that we are basically proposing uh, with our uh, system on chip that is being uh, 7000, uh, driving silicon carbide uh, um, switches, uh, power switches, uh, allows uh, uh, to drive those motors uh, with the proper high speed and high frequency in a way that uh, uh, those targets are definitely achieved. So uh, three-level inverters that we are talking about is basically one incarnation of those machines that are capable to extract uh, higher efficiency just driving those high-speed motors. Mm-hmm. So at, uh, in, in, in general, uh, the size of the motor is one thing. Also, the weight of the passive components in the inverters, uh, like the inductors or the bulk capacitors that are adding additional weight and additional volume, in this case, into the inverter, are definitely minimized because uh, such a system that's uh, is as I said before is capable to drive silicon carbide uh, uh, switches uh, is definitely uh, taking and uh, taking the advantage of those of this new technology that allows uh, a higher power density uh, because of the silicon carbide and at the same time a higher switching uh, frequency so 
there are several advantages that are coming out from using silicon carbides, our technology that is a fast control system, uh, mm-hmm. in order to accomplish those uh, uh, targets and uh, those objectives. Yes. Well, you know, and the interesting thing about that as well uh, is wideband gap semiconductors, when I think of the application spaces, especially silicon carbide, uh, that is well suited to high voltage, high power. Um, automotive systems are one of the first that spring to mind when I think of, uh, you know, electric cars. Right, right. So uh, definitely, I mean, cars, but in general, all the all the transportation systems. Uh, it might include even some others. Uh, some others, uh, let's say. Uh, less usual uh, uh, transportation systems that are even even avionic systems in which, as I said before, the, the weight has to be uh, minimized uh, and uh, there is a need of a very efficient system. Also, in, in, in these cases, it's very, it's very advantageous using such large band gap uh, components. So definitely... Right. So, so drones, for example. Yeah, yeah. For example, drones, but also standard aircraft or ancillary systems inside the aircraft that there are if you look into an aircraft there are many many motors sir that uh, oh, actuators right yeah actuators but also motors that are using as uh, actuators so for example in pumps uh, for example in uh, in ventilation systems uh, but even mm-hmm, mm-hmm. part of the part of the the, the, the other auxiliary systems uh, requires those motors and uh, they might need they might they need to be very very efficient uh, because they are working uh, for the whole duration of the flight for example all the ventilation systems or all the pumps that are circulating the fluids and you know if you can if you can basically run those systems uh, with the higher efficiency uh, basically you maximize the, the, the you minimize the, the total cost of ownership and uh, you maximize uh, the operational capabilities so, so that is also an advantage so the, the spectrum is very broad it's very large it goes from transportation goes basically on the automotive side goes also in the avionic systems in any elements uh, that could uh, use uh, such kind of products uh, that as you said are uh, high current but also high voltage uh, so that the system uh, can be reduced in weight but as I said before one of the uh, most important advantage uh, of these large band gap components is the ability to be driven with uh, high, high frequency high switching frequency and this translates immediately in uh, several benefits uh, as I said before uh, mm-hmm. ev- ev- everything that could that could basically uh, work uh, in, in into a space or into a range uh, that makes those uh, uh, components extracting and having very low switching losses uh, and on the same time extracting the maximum amount of uh, uh, energy and the maximum amount of efficiency are definitely a, a plus for all those applications. Um, how deeply can you describe your three-level inverter technology for our audience? I don't want you to get into anything proprietary, but um, let, how much can you help our audience understand where you're coming from with this? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, uh, it's it's basically a combination of uh, two different things. Uh, first of all, on the power stage. Uh, 
uh, we basically implemented a sort of non-conventional uh, three-level uh, topology. It's based on what is called a T-topology. Uh, when I'm saying non-conventional, uh, is sometimes uh, I would say that there are some applications that are using this topology. It's basically mm-hmm. having a very high uh, efficiency compared to what is called a traditional uh, neutral point clamp. Uh, I know that I'm entering into a, a pretty technical, I would say, description. But this is oh, no, no problem. Our audience are double E's. Ah, good, good. Uh, absolutely, I would say this is the, 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 the most used technology. The T-topology is employing uh, four SIG MOSFET uh, instead of uh, six uh, MOSFET, so, uh, or six IGBTs, that is the standard, uh, the standard application. So there is a decrease in the cost uh, of the power stage, uh, and uh, this type of topology allows uh, the system to work on a three-level and properly driven also in a two-level condition. So you can take advantage of the two modalities. Uh, so there is definitely a cheaper power stage, and there is definitely uh, an advantage in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the mode, the mode of, uh, in which this system works. Uh, definitely, for example, in, with, with IGBT, this type of T-topology that is very advantageous uh, cannot be exploited in, in, in full. Uh, because I mean, uh, it cannot be used the LGBT as a bidirectional switch, as we can do, for example, with uh, with the MOSFET. And uh, the LGBT is always using, for example, the, the body diode uh, in order to to, to get the, the the current in the reverse path, because mm-hmm. the MOSFET instead allows the current to be uh, conduced in both directions. Uh, so uh, you can create a sort of T topology, so one MOSFET on the uh, upper arm, one MOSFET on the uh, bottom arm, and two MOSFET as a bidirectional switch in the middle. So you can basically create the three-level uh, elements, uh, more or less like a, a, a digital to analog converter. So it's 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 right. very advantageous, very very advantageous. Uh, well. In- well, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, no. I was saying that uh, in 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 this case, uh, uh, also in terms of reliability, there is a significant advantage because uh, less components means uh, higher reliability. So we move from uh, ten semiconductors, uh, so four switches. Uh, four freewheeling diodes and two clamping diodes into basically eight semiconductors that are uh, four switches and four freewheeling diodes. Hmm. Got it, got it. Because well, in some application spaces, I am seeing MOSFETs being used in the place of diodes and uh, novel uh, topologies to address a lot of these space and size and issues. Uh, because the, the nice thing about analog uh, technology or analog designs, I should say, is that th- they are not susceptible to Moore's Law. You can shrink the size of an analog design simply by improving the design. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's 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 right. So, uh, I mean, uh, we, we, as I said before, with this type of uh, of uh, topology that is uh, somewhat known also in the literature, we can get such uh, such performance. The the, the the other portion is our uh, system on chip. So, our system on chip that's uh, the name is Zinc Seven Thousand, and is based on the Xilinx old programmable system on chip architecture. It's basically a very good control platform for such type of application. So uh, with this type of controller, it uh, has a dual-core 
Cortex A9 arm, and it is uh, basically uh, the, the, the heart of this uh, this system, and a significant amount of uh, programmable logic. Uh, programmable logic is the FPGA in the same chip. So, uh, what 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 are we doing uh, with uh, uh, Zinc 7000? Is basically creating a platform in which all the control algorithms and the high-speed algorithms are basically offloaded in in hardware, so inside the programmable logic, and the remaining portion that is on the uh, control plane and data plane, for example, the, the communication, the inverter when he's communicating all the commands, uh, is basically mm-hmm. handled by the by the Cortex A9. So in this case, it's possible to drive the full inverter in three levels uh, because the three levels uh, uh, operation is guaranteed by uh, this hardware implementation, meeting all the hard real-time requirements. So the power modulator, because the power modulator with a three-level inverters is more complex than a two-level inverter, the current control, the data acquisitions are definitely uh, readily achievable inside the programmable logic delivered with the high determinism. And in this case, uh, the inverters uh, works almost as an analog uh, controller because uh, the FPGA allows uh, a very high speed. So uh, cycle times are in the order of a fraction of microsecond. So the system overall is very fast. So it, it is possible to control uh, the motor, even high-speed motor, and that is a very important point. So motors that are exceeding 100,000 RPM are possible to be controlled very smoothly, very efficiently, uh, just using uh, our our controller, so combination mm-hmm. of the uh, silicon carbide MOSFETs and Zinc 7000 are basically creating a very uh, flexible but also very powerful um, platform uh, that is capable to deliver, uh, I would say, a state of the art uh, in terms of uh, uh, power inverter. In very, very nice. Yes. So, uh, additional, I mean, because we have this advantage of uh, programmable logic, we are able to implement some safety uh, portions and some di- diagnostic aspects. So, uh, the fact that the programmable logic is running that fast, we can get all the currents, uh, all the voltages, all the stators uh, and rotors information, and then being able to detect the failures uh, in the motors, uh, like uh, ball bearing failures or open phase failures or uh, other types of failures, so improving the ability to work in, into a sort of safety environment, so making the inverter more safe and having also the possibility to control and and detect if the motor will fail uh, in in uh, ahead of time, ahead of the the, the, the actual failure. So that is also mm-hmm. an additional an additional point. Got it. Got it. Now, um, how much of this is a drop-in solution, and how much of this has to be designed in? So, uh, in terms of drop-in solution, I would say uh, the system is ready to be used. So, we we partnered with uh, um, one of our strategic partners in the uh, control environment. It is a company called QDSIS. So, with them, uh, we realized. Uh, a, a pretty complete and sophisticated uh, inverter, so it is basically driving the motor in a field-oriented uh, control uh, methodology, and uh, that is a drop-in solution. In addition to that, uh, uh, 
partners with this company, we took the advantage of one of their intellectual property uh, that is a new schema for uh, power modulation that is called pulse frequency modulation. And mm -hmm. uh, with this pulse frequency modulation, uh, basically the inverter is uh, capable uh, to drive uh, the motor and the switches uh, with a very special uh, type of uh, uh, harmonic distribution that uh, uh, completely uh, eliminates the, the, the harmonics and the EMI, the unwanted EMI emission from the inverter because it has the capability to spread all the harmonics in a larger bandwidth, so uh, they will have a very, a very low uh, power, uh, a very low energy. The powers will be always the same, but a very low energy. So it's it's basically uh, also EMI EMI free. That is a very important advantage because, uh, as you said before. Uh, we are dealing with the high current, high voltages, uh, and then we need also to minimize the uh, emissions. Uh, and that is, uh, is by design. So plugging in this portion uh, allows the system that is so, uh, what is called an intellectual property. Plugging in this intellectual property allows the, 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 the designer to take advantage of this system and uh, basically adding uh, the, 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 the adding any any other uh, capabilities on top of that uh, and, and that's mm -hmm. the path. Uh, definitely there, there is also another path and you know, the, the other path is going to uh, use the programmable logic, uh, taking advantage, for example, of uh, some of uh, proprietary or, uh, I would say, specific uh, uh, solutions uh, that uh, uh, the, the user might have, and uh, those type of solutions could be implemented uh, uh, directly inside the programmable logic. Uh, as you might know, uh, programmable logic, uh, up to some years ago, was basically a pretty much specialized field uh, of the, the, the electronic design. Uh, mm -hmm. It required uh, a type of language that was called uh, that is called the VHDL or or, or Verilog, so uh, hardware-oriented languages. Today, and that is very important for uh, designers that are designing drives uh, and inverters. Uh, Xilinx is offering an environment in which you can program in C and C++ so the programmable logic. So there is a completely different view of what the hardware uh, programmability is seen from a designer standpoint. And this brings immense advantages because uh, you can translate directly your algorithms that normally could be written in C and C++, so high mm -hmm. languages, directly inside hardware and taking advantage of uh, a faster uh, development methodology. So, uh, as you see, there are many advantages in this type of technology. High speed, capability to control high speed motors, capability to work like an analog controller, capability to deliver and uh, develop uh, uh, algorithms in high level language that are translated using uh, this Xilinx compiler into hardware. So all those elements, if you put them, if you stack them together, are giving a, a very, say, uh, high capabilities to, to deliver state-of-the-art inverters and controllers. Excellent. Well, and that's the name of the game, isn't it? We, you know, the engineer, uh, one of my favorite analogies, I always like uh, calling it, it's the hardware store analogy, yeah. is people don't buy a power drill 
to buy a power drill unless they're into power drills. They buy a power drill because they need a hole in their wall. An engineer needs that power. You know, if you could give them that power, if there was a magic box with fairies inside, as long as that box could communicate with the I-squared-C bus and fit into the pinout, they would take it if it solved their power problems. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's right. So, the, the, because ultimately, uh, the, the, the engineer wants to create the drive. So, uh, whatever we can do in order to provide a, a system that is capable to deliver the hole in the wall, as you said, it's something that uh, is extremely appreciated by the, by the engineer. And, uh, and, that's, and that's the way. So, uh, ju- just, just uh, taking those, those type of, uh, this type of methodology make, uh, make uh, their lives uh, easy. Exactly. Provides a solution that gets them where they need yes, to go. Exactly. Exactly. It ties us back to transportation. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. One thing that I wanted to add is is basically that from the, the other the other elements is the processing unit, and in this case, whatever it's required by the, the new state of the art inverters and drives. So for example, the connection to a networking environment. Mm-hmm. is facilitated by uh, such powerful platforms. So if you if you think that uh, a dual core uh, Cortex A9 uh, is capable to deliver a very say uh, high performances for an embedded system, you see immediately that uh, we are joining two domains: the domains of uh, uh, the, the, the power system and the domains of the communication technology. So that this uh, this type of uh, inverter and controller is basically reaching uh, the maximum capabilities. And in this case, uh, in the in the three level inverter, we are also supporting all the industrial networking. So Ethercat, uh, Powerlink, uh, Profinet, uh, uh, and, and also the time sensitive networks at TSN are all possible to be supported. Very nice, very nice. So where do people go to get more information? Uh, people could could go to www.xilinx.com uh, uh, in the section of uh, uh, ISM and they will find more more information or to the website of qdesis.com uh, and they will find also the description of this multi-level inverter. Excellent, excellent. Before I let you go, though, um, Julio, uh, I always ask my guests to have the last word on my show to be a little bit more about the product or a little bit about the company or just a tip for our audience. The floor is yours. (laughs) Okay, so Xilinx is uh, uh, the world leader on uh, uh, field programmable uh, technology uh, with all our all programmable technology we are delivering the best in class platforms uh, that are very useful for control systems and power systems so stay tuned <laughs> thanks a lot and stay tuned we'll definitely bring you back on the show we'll talk a little bit more when you have some more new when you have some more news to talk about but for now I'll let you go thank you so much for having the time to come on the show <laughs> thank you to you thank you Oh, and the pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day.